This is Holden Karnofsky doing an amateur read-through of my blog post, Has Violence Declined When We Include the World Wars and Other Major Atrocities? The book, The Better Angels of Our Nature, argues that, quote, violence has declined over long stretches of time, and today we may be living in the most peaceable era in our species' existence. It is an unmistakable development, visible on scales from millennia to years, from the waging of wars to the spanking of children. The book gives many examples of ways in which violence has declined. It looks at trends in homicides, in executions, in bans on slavery and torture, in corporal punishment at school, in hunting, even in apologies by political and religious leaders. What it doesn't provide is a systematic, long-run examination of trends in violence, a single consistent set of key indicators reported in the same way and tracked over long time periods, in particular going back further than a few hundred years. Without this, it's hard to know whether violence has declined is a consistent across-the-board phenomenon or just a description of the particular measures and time periods that the book chooses to focus on. And my best attempt to look at a single systematic indicator, the violent death rate, presents a muddier picture about long-run trends in violence, because it's plausible, though not clear, that the increasing severity over time of the largest wars and atrocities has been big enough to mostly, if not entirely, offset a lot of the improvements on everyday and other dimensions of violence. Below, I will first outline what I see as the missing piece of the existing analysis on trends in violence over time, the question of what happened to the violent death rate, accounting both for everyday violence, e.g. homicides, and large-scale wars and atrocities. Then I'll present some rough analysis that I did to address the missing piece, and thus examine trends in overall violent death rates over the long run. I'll give my takeaways. In brief, deaths from wars and atrocities appear to have gone up significantly starting around the 13th century, which is pretty close in time to the first documented signs of falling homicide rates. When accounting for deaths from wars from atrocities, it's not clear whether the violent death rate declined at all between 500 BC and the mid-20th century and that's as far back as the wars and atrocities data goes. Now, the last 50 years or so have had low death tolls from both homicides and atrocities. One spin on all these observations, a bit on the provocative side, but a simple take that has a number of implications I agree with, might be, over time, increasing state power and order has led to falling everyday violence, but offsetting, at least partially, maybe fully, risk of increasingly infrequent extreme violence. You could think of these twin trends as continuing even now, as observed violence levels are low across the board, but global catastrophic risks may be at all-time highs. Estimates of death tolls from wars and atrocities seem highly debatable. Some of the discrepancies and revisions are really huge, so all of the claims here are quite uncertain. That was the intro. Now the next section, the missing piece, total violent death rates. In my view, the single best indicator for long-run trends in violence is the violent death rate. How many total deaths from violence there were per person or per 100,000 people per year? Deaths tend to be easier to verify and measure than most other relevant indicators, and to the extent that Better Angels of Our Nature discusses very long time frames, it is mostly discussing some measure of violent deaths. But the way it presents these is, in my opinion, easy to get confused by. It presents many charts of declining homicide rates over the past several centuries, but it does not present comparable charts for deaths from wars and atrocities, famines, genocides, etc. It does have an extensive discussion of what we should make of the fact that some of history's bloodiest wars and atrocities were in the 20th century, 
but it does not look at the numbers for these wars and atrocities in the same terms as homicides and plot the overall trend of all violent deaths combined. Some more discussion of the analysis that is presented for atrocities is summarized at my 2015 blog post that I linked to in the section called BA's Argument and the Need for More Analysis. In my view, this means there is a missing piece of the story of trends in violence. We see that one kind of violent death has become less common over the last several hundred years, but we don't see the trend in all kinds of violent deaths. And I consider this missing piece significant because my sense is that wars and atrocities account for far more violent deaths than most of the other sources of violence the book discusses. For example, and this surprised me, the global rate of violent deaths from the 20th century's big four atrocities alone, two world wars, regimes of Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong, spread out over the entire 20th century, is about 50 violent deaths per 100,000 people per year. That's comparable to the very worst national homicide rate seen today, whereas the homicide rate for high-income countries such as the U.S. tends to be less than a tenth as high. In other words, the two world wars, plus Stalin and Mao alone, were enough to make the 20th century as a whole more dangerous than homicide makes today's homicide-heaviest countries and they were enough to offset the benefit of the European homicide rate decline that Better Angels describes from medieval times through the Enlightenment. Next section, Deaths from Wars and Atrocities by Century. I did this analysis a few years ago, so it's possible that it doesn't incorporate some corrections to the data source I'm using. I believe that the main source that Better Angels uses to tabulate the death tolls of the biggest wars and atrocities is a book called Atrocities, the 100 Deadliest Episodes in Human History by Matthew White. I give a bit more discussion of why I use this source in my old blog post that I linked to. So I pulled the numbers from its 100 Deadliest Multicides, that's Wars and Atrocities, table on page 529. I use these numbers to create estimates of the death toll from wars and atrocities each century per 100,000 people per year. Here's the result. And I link to my calculations, and then I give a table. So the table just goes through each century from the 5th century BC to the 20th century, and it gives the deaths from wars and atrocities per 100,000 people per year, and then it also lists the top three atrocities. It just gives their name and what percentage they account for, so you can kind of get a sense of what the big ones were. And I'll mostly skip those columns as I read through the table. I'm just going to rattle off some of these numbers, and then I'll get to some of my takeaways. So... The 5th century BC, we have 3.1 deaths from wars and atrocities per 100,000 people per year. And then the next century, we have 4.3, then 11.2, 3.7, 8.1, 35. So that's the 1st century AD, and that has 94% of the death toll coming from the Zin dynasty. Then we have 3.7, then 12.6, then 3.2. So these are not huge numbers. Then 18.9, with 97% of that death toll coming from the fall of the Western Roman Empire. Then we have smaller numbers, 2.3, 5.2. Then the 8th century has a big death toll of 37.6 per 100,000 people per year. That's 90% coming from the Anlushan Rebellion. Then we have the 9th century has 5.6, then 3.6, 3.5. 11.2. Then the 13th century has a huge number of 98. That's 90% uh, coming from Genghis Khan. Then we have uh, the 14th century is 54.7. So now the numbers are getting bigger. 54.7 deaths per 100,000 people per year, then 20.8, then uh, 30.4, then 104.9, which is about half coming from the fall of the Ming dynasty, and 14% and, uh, from the Thirty Years' War. 
and 9% from the Atlantic slave trade. So it's a bit of a longer tail there. Then we have the 18th century has 33.3 deaths from wars and atrocities per 100,000 people per year. Then the 19th century has 44.6. And then the 20th century has 81.1, with the big three being the Second World War, Mao Zedong, and Joseph Stalin. So here are my comments on that table, my observations. So first, there's no clear trend in the death rates from wars and atrocities from the 13th century to the 20th. The jumpiness of the totals makes it very hard to see any sort of trend, even when aggregating 100-year periods as I did here. One giant atrocity every few centuries tends to account for a huge chunk of the bad century's death tolls. Then, the figures are noticeably lower before the 13th century, and that's strikingly close to when we have our first documented evidence of declining homicides. Now, this could be a misleading observation. Both Better Angels of Our Nature and the book Atrocities point out that the farther back in time one looks, the more likely it is that there are lots of undocumented atrocities, and thus that the numbers above are underestimates. But on the other hand, I somewhat doubt that any of the undocumented atrocities are big enough to really stack up with the biggest atrocities in the table, because for any given century, there's a very steep drop-off from the one to three most damaging currently known atrocities to the rest. That's especially true for the big death tolls a very long time ago. So if early centuries had comparable war and atrocity death tolls, they probably came from much larger numbers of smaller wars and atrocities. Next observation, there's a lot of uncertainty in these figures, and revisions could change the picture quite a bit. To give a couple examples of that, the 20th century ranks as the third bloodiest, but could easily become the bloodiest if a couple of very uncertain estimates were changed. The 13th century estimate is nearly all from Genghis Khan. There is a lot of room for doubt here. Alternative estimates imply less than half the death toll. The 17th century death toll is more evenly spread out and probably better documented, but half of it comes from an estimate based on census records of the death toll for the collapse of the Ming Dynasty. And then for the 8th century, the Atrocities book estimates 8 million deaths from the Anlushan Rebellion, but this is a downward revision from an earlier figure by the same author of 36 million, cited in Better Angels. So that's 8 million versus 36. Uh, the older figure would make the 8th century appear as one of the most violent. And I have a footnote on why the revision happened. So it's it's very uncertain, and these are these are jumpy numbers. Next observation. So what happens when we account for both atrocity and war deaths, which I've just gone through, and homicides? It's very hard to say, because the only homicide rate data I've found, which I link to, is from a few European countries starting in the 1300s, and then the USA starting in the 1600s. And then, of course, there's more detailed data, but it's much more recent. I wanted to get a sense of the rough ballpark, so I threw together an estimate of the global homicide rate with a footnote explaining the assumptions I made, and a link to my spreadsheet, and here's, here's the result. And then I have uh, my chart that combines deaths from homicides and major atrocities. And in my version of the chart, it looks like things are pretty flat and maybe even get worse around the 13th century, but then things get better and less violent starting around the Industrial Revolution of the 1700s, 1800s, and that's largely because I assume the big decline in homicide rates happened then. I kind of could have put it anywhere. And then the, um, you know, the mid-20th century looks like super bad because of the World Wars, but it, it does look like an overall declining trend. So in that chart, I'm assuming that only Europe saw falling homicide rates as early as 1300 or so, and I'm assuming that homicide rates started falling in the rest of the world starting around the Industrial Revolution, and that is my best guess. But I also made an alternative version of the chart in which I assume that homicides fell worldwide the same way that Better Angel shows them falling in Europe. 
And in that version of the chart, things just look very kind of confusing. There's a lot of jumpiness in the numbers because the homicide rates fall right around the time that the war and atrocity death tolls are going way up. And so things don't look like robustly more peaceful until you get to very recent times, like after 1950. Now, this is all very imprecise because global homicide rates are a mystery before very recently. But the big picture is that the rise in death tolls from huge wars and atrocities plausibly offset the decline in homicide rates, leading to a flat or unclear trend in overall violent death rates between 500 BC until the Industrial Revolution or even later. Now, since the mid-20th century, deaths from wars and atrocities have been much lower, though it's hard to make too much of this, because in general, wars and atrocities seem very volatile, with massive death tolls sometimes occurring after centuries of relative peace. And furthermore, as argued in Toby Ord's book The Precipice, there is a case to be made that today represents an all-time high in terms of risks that could decimate a significant fraction or even all of humanity. So maybe, rather than declining violence, what we're seeing is a continued trend of more and more infrequent risks of larger and larger catastrophes. Having read this whole post, I should concede one thing that's kind of nagging at me as I read it, and then I will edit the post to reflect, which is that all of these numbers I'm giving are at least a bit lower than the violent death rates I've given for the uh, the pre-agriculture times in previous posts, so the hunter-gatherers. And so basically there, there must have been a decline in violence somewhere between the hunter-gatherers and today. We just don't really know where it is, and we can't really show that there's a declining trend in any particular place except very recently. And that's the bottom line for me is that much like the other claims I've made throughout this series, we can look at the very recent times and see the world getting better. But when we try and look out across the whole thing, the trends are just way less clear. <laughs>